Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to One for the Road, a podcast about running and the rest of your life. Hello. How are you? I'm good. You all right? I'm very well. <sighs> well, yeah, we're on a bit of a, a marathon downer after the weekend. Oh, yeah. That's totally our runner's low right now. Yeah. Which... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, by the time you hear this, I'll be in New York. Yeah, it's all right for some. Yay. And tell me then, in this slightly shorter amount of time, what you have been up to. What has been your high? <laughs> I think I can guess. <laughs> so, yeah, what should we do? And stopped out of last time as well. London Marathon! London Marathon! Ah, <laughs> oh, so did it live up to your hopes and dreams? Uh, yes. In fact, actually, I didn't tell you about this. I've got a London Marathon injury. Oh, oh God, yeah, that's from the cowbell, huh? Yeah. Not as not as bad as some people actually running's injury, but yes. I have a little bit of chunk of skin missing from my finger <laughs> where my cowbell was being rung constantly for about four or five hours. <laughs> Oh, but it fills you with so much happiness. Yeah, it was good. So we were cheering and we were mostly around mile 21. We've got a little snippet of the yeah. sound of mile 21 just to give you, an, give you an insight if you weren't running through it. Oh, so that really is the full effect of mile 21, isn't it? Yeah, and that's just when like... Just that's just like the base level of noise for the whole time. And that's then true. Kind of like rose and yeah. <laughs> I love that someone had there was a drum, there was music. Oh yeah, the drum was good. Um, <laughs> lots of cowbells, lots of whooping. Uh, had some pom poms. Mm, and they stole one. That's great. <laughs> I adopted a pom pom for a bit. I feel like you you just have to be there, mm. and I think even if any other part of the course as well yeah. like there is people all the time what was I, your low? Uh, my low was that it was bloody freezing oh my god yeah that's my low too we've yeah. got matching highs and lows this week yeah it's so cold it was so cold I tried to warm myself up by drinking some gin it didn't really work <laughs> <laughs> the gin didn't warm us or no, the tea actually no overall a very good experience as usual my favourite day in London hooray yay Talking of marathon chat, as we seem to do a lot of that recently. It's the season. It is the season. Lots of marathon chat from two people not running any marathons. Yeah, no marathon um, for us. <laughs> so I asked on Twitter um, last weekend, which was Boston Marathon Weekend, what turned out to be quite an interesting topic. So I asked if you would run Boston Marathon if you hadn't run a qualifying time. Got a lot of responses. I think you should share... My understanding of Boston is quite like slim, really. 
Can you enter at all or do you need to have a good rage time? So there's either a qualifying time, which are like super fast, which we'll talk about in a minute, or you can run for charity, which doesn't seem to happen so much with UK participants because yeah. they're obviously all American charities. Mm. They have 30 charities that they're partners with and okay. the minimum, the absolute minimum is $5,000. So mm. for someone in the UK to commit to raise money for a charity that no one over here has heard of, yeah. and that much money, I assume is why so many people don't raise money yeah. for charity but I think it's a bit more of a thing if you're American yeah. you either qualify or you get a charity type but there's no um, like ballot no. so it's hard to get into it's hard to get into if you're our age and you're female the qualifying time is 3.35 if you're male it's 3.05 however getting that time doesn't guarantee you oh didn't know that bit because if they fill it up from fastest first oh I see so so if you're right on the edge only a minute under you're not likely to qualify mm. so I think there's an article actually I found I'll tweet it uh, where I think the most recent year the male average was you had to be over three minutes faster than qualifying time to actually get a space <laughs> so qualifying time is a little bit redundant in, in some sense it's a little way yeah because you, you need to like, be even quicker which is why um men aim for a sub three because I see the, so far that's guaranteed you yeah like a 303 wouldn't wow so it's hard to get into and of marathons around one of definitely one of the hardest to get in yeah. I would have said yeah I'm trying to think of the the span of all the marathons we know about yeah so I asked this question and I think if you are in the kind of running world, you've heard of Boston and mm-hmm. pretty much, I'd say I probably got at least 30 responses, maybe even more, actually, because it went over a couple of days in the end. Um, not a single person, not a single person said that they would run Boston without running a qualifying time. Wow. So it wasn't really that much of a debate in the end, because everyone just kind of agreed with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so... But I think we're my target audience of people that asked were very yeah specific. very knowledgeable about what the race is, very kind of like in the running world, and mm-hmm. know people that will have qualified. You know, there's a bit of a thing around whether you know you can't run anymore, you're injured, and now you have a race place. Yeah, and what do you do with it? And whether that's a race that's organised by someone down the road, and it's thirty people, or boston marathon like yeah. they can vary in size and therefore what's the equivalent of them getting in on and how that makes yeah. it and um i think it does come to that thing of like there must be organizers have reasons why it's this way and your name is attached to to that race place and whether that is because it's your good for age time it's because you've qualified and that's you personally or is that because insurance reason or a safety reason that it's not just about the bib you're wearing it's like you've identified as that person on their records whatever that reason is i think they need to acknowledge that sometimes something goes on and someone can't run and what should happen in that situation they should make it easier for those situations to be resolved officially without that thing of like oh i've like i spent a hundred pounds on a race place and now i can't run how do I get my money back? Yeah, or like making it easier to defer for... Yeah. I'm not saying you should be able to defer for like five years continuously, no. but like I think the London way of doing it for just one year is really good because yeah. you yeah. get two opportunities at it. 
Um, I suppose the more popular the race, the harder that is to do. Like the like Boston is a good example of that. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if London take away that scene, given mm. that none of the other. I don't think any of the other majors allow you to do that. Or at least not as easily as London no. does, because you can literally just log on up until the night before and say nope. Well, in a way, they shouldn't take that away. They should like races should be introducing that as a, as a mechanism because it is it's it's preventing people do things that cause them possibly a lot more trouble at the yeah, end of the race uh, and you know you have to acknowledge that this stuff happens you, you enter races in good faith and then you know you get injured or something personal happens and just your situation changes so I think the conclusion I drew from that was that most people don't really mind taking other people's race places for races so they don't go to waste Mm. Unless it's Boston, in which case <laughs> people are very, very sure that you should qualify for it. But I think it's just because I think it's because it's to do because with of the like yeah. history around the race and the kind of like what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like prestige, prestige, almost. Yeah, that's what I'm that is the word I was looking for. But then I think we've talked about how we both feel like we're not going to run. Was it three thirty-five? Yeah, three thirty-five. So this kind of got us thinking: is it possible for anyone? To run, not I don't not hang on that didn't anyone <laughs> yeah inclination wasn't on the right word. Obviously, people can run Boston qualifying time. Yeah, can anyone do it? As in, is it possible for absolutely anyone to do it? I eat us. Yeah. <laughs> so our hugely scientific experiment begins now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not why we're green tea. <laughs> let's just get five years. Right. Right. Yeah, we are not trying. <laughs> it's not our new. Yeah, you have to listen to the podcast for a long time to see if we can qualify for Boston. Yeah, it's funny because since I did Berlin, and then I was quite like, oh, if I was going to do marathons, I want them to be to feel like they've got a bit of a cornerstone to them. So maybe the world majors is a good option. Yeah, and then I've not really approached approached the fact that to be able to run most of them, I need to run really fast. Well, yeah, that is the pretty much only guaranteed way of getting into all of the majors is run fast enough so that you qualify, even mm. for like London, New mm. York. Tokyo, I think there's a qualifying time. Not sure about the others. Boston, yeah. Boston definitely is. So, it, like, that's a lot of time to take off. And how much of it is about the fact that I didn't do any running as a child and didn't do any sport as a child. So I have no physical, like, base fitness that I've grown up with necessarily. Like, I'm learning to run now and it's Mm. been, what, two years? How do you go from... And if you're just... Maybe it's the fact that I just, I'm not naturally able to run at that kind of pace. My body's not built that way. Yeah, I would be interested to know how much of it is, like, physical talent and, like, not worked on it. It's just something you're good at. Because mm. some people need to start running and they can just run fast. Mm. And how much of it is hard work slash mental toughness. It's got to be a lot of mental toughness. I do think. I have been running for... A long time and not not childhood long time but like <laughs> enough time a couple to, of years <laughs> to know that I don't think I could I don't think I ever could run a Boston time for both of those reasons actually mm. I'm not a naturally talented runner and I'm not very mentally tough when it comes to marathon running no and you have to be really mentally tough to break through a you know to to take your time down from even even to get down to that thing of like I've chopped half an hour off my marathon time that's very difficult yeah I'd have to take like quite some time off (laughs) yeah but like the pace that is to go at means revolutionising the way you think and the speed you run at Mm. 
Although I don't I know, it's interesting. That if I was 85 years old, my time would... You're well in. Great. Often, so I just need to, you know, bash out a five-hour marathon in 50 years' time. I'm all good. So, really, what we should be thinking about is consistency. Yeah, playing the long game here. I'm up for playing the long game. <laughs> I didn't say I had a time limit on doing the world majors. <laughs> just ever. Just ever. It'll probably be like 12 majors by the time you get yeah, that's to that true. oh I have to get that oh. bigger it'll be an even bigger medal thing where yeah. they all sit together <laughs> be interested to know if anyone has any thoughts on this yeah this. what's the theory can you go from running a five hour marathon to Boston qualifying because I'm going to go with probs probs not and if you mm, yeah I no I'm not going to take up that challenge I was totally like <laughs> go on daring you if someone says yeah you can totally do it probably still not going to do it don't try so the next thing we have is something really lovely. Yeah. Our friend Leah, who we met running. How did you meet Leah? I met Leah at um, a Nike training club class in Regent's Park, mm. um, which I think still happens, uh, mm. on a Saturday morning and just kind of going. And then she was putting together a team for the Nike Women's 10K, or what was it called then? We in the night. Yes. Um, kind of got chatting to her at one of the classes then we started running together and then 10k turned into bloody running the marathon um so we ran we've both run two marathons paris and london we both did them at the same time kind of marathon link here again yeah um, she did london last year with me so i suppose a lot of your friendship started with running all about the running yeah and she's moved back to new zealand now so we're going to call her our official uh round the other side of the world uh, yeah. reporter she's our long distance correspondent and recorded Anne on the run for us so let's take a listen okay so this is my first run chat for one for the road podcast um I'm an old friend of Lissy and Harry's from our running days in London um but I'm a New Zealander and I moved back to New Zealand in December last year having lived in London for three years and my final hurrah in London was running the London Marathon and it was the best day of my life hands down absolutely loved it Um, but after I left London I went travelling for 10 months and running frequently became quite hard Um, I was in countries like Peru and Bolivia um, and southern Argentina and as Harry will know it's just not that easy to find places to run that you feel safe that you know where you're going Um, yeah so my running kind of petered off quite a bit Um, and I moved back to New Zealand in December and the heat and humidity were really something quite new to me. Um, I guess London gets hot but it doesn't get as humid as it does here so you would sit in the afternoons and just be drenched in sweat um, without even doing anything so I found um, it quite hard to motivate myself to go out and go running. Um, I'm very much like Lissy, I'm a cold weather runner. I've trained for my two marathons through winter and I would much rather run in snow than run in the heat and humidity. So with moving back home and 
all the things that were going on and finding a house and a job and the, the heat and humidity, I just, I just didn't run. And I, I wasn't really doing any other exercise and I had all this, you know, big lofty goals to train for a half marathon and I drop a plan and then when it came to it, I just, I just didn't do it. I, part of it was the heat, part of it was not really knowing any running routes, part of it was I wasn't working and I didn't have my routine, so I wasn't sort of getting up every morning and that was my run time and part of it was I just kind of have no friends. <laughs> um, all my friends in New Zealand, um, you know, they're not really into running because it is something that I came across and started doing more when I was in London. It's not really the New Zealand part of me. So I haven't really made those connections yet. Um, so anyway, long story to tell you that I decided to join a running club. Um, I got a job in the city and I started running to work with a backpack on, which is a little bit, um, well, it's a bit of a challenge to make sure you've got everything packed properly um, for, from the night before. But started sort of doing these run walks at kind of five kilometres to work. And along the way, I saw a sign on the side of the motorway and it was advertising a running club. So I looked at it online and, um, gosh, it's embarrassing talking to yourself when you run past people, by the way. <laughs> They're all looking at me a bit strangely. Um, so anyway, I looked at it online and I thought, oh yeah, this sounds good. So I signed up and it's two sort of running club sessions a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays nights, um, for an hour. And then there's also a long run on Sundays, which unfortunately I haven't been able to make any of them just because we're so busy in the weekends, we've been away a lot, um, it's just not happening. But for the past four weeks, I've gone every Tuesday and Thursday night, and I've pretty much had my fitness handed to me. I have been just schooled on how, you know, how slow I am. Um, we had to do a 5k time trial, and I came last in the group. And um, when I say last, I was still 28 minutes, which for me, I felt like I was going flat out. I think my my 5k PB is only slightly over 27 minutes. I'm I'm not a fast runner. I've got short little stumpy legs, but I love running. And for me, it's not really about the speed. It's about achieving the distance about doing something enjoyable for myself, about spending the time with friends as well. So I think I'm much more of a social runner. And I think this um, run club has really taught me what, I, what it is that I enjoy about running. Because when you turn up and everybody like runs a marathon in the weekend just casually, um, and... They speed off, and, and they're all really, really supportive, but I don't want to be the one tailing at the end. I want, the, I want to be the one running next to someone 
and using the time as a catch-up and, um, you know, rather than just feeling like shit, really, in my running. So I think maybe this run club is not for me. Um, I'll keep searching, though. Uh, from what I've heard, the uh, free Nike runs that happen here are pretty much the same thing. Lots of super fit girls and really tight lycra that go like balls to the wall fast. So I'm not really sure that's my my deal either. But I'm sure I'll find something. So in the meantime, I will keep on doing my little plod, run walk to work. Um, and I will keep my eye on maybe another race once my motivation and fitness picks up a bit. Aw, oh, Leah. I know, so nice. I want to give her a hug, though. Yeah. We miss you, Leah. You're so far away. So far away. Can't believe it's a whole year since we both ran London. Yeah. It's like Zoomed by. It was interesting to hear her talking about kind of finding your your thing like your people or your club or whatever it might be and like your reason for running because exactly I think like she says when she was living in London running was all about running with friends and running with with people who you knew and and now it's a totally different format and that isn't really suiting her and interesting what she says about clubs and that definition of running club I think it makes me think of school like short shots running in the rain exactly as she says like having your fitness totally challenged that danger of being like the last one picked or the last person to cross the line and there being quite a stigma around that Mm. that's that's purely my perception and like we know that there are many clubs that are not like that or people who go running together who are supportive and that's where it's interesting isn't it about Mm. finding what motivates you Lots of those run clubs that do challenge your fitness and do want to push you around in the rain are, for some people, exactly what they want. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Because it's similar vein to that, actually. I um, I tweeted earlier about my foot and it still being injured and whether I should race in a couple of weeks. And a lot of, peop- a lot of people said, um, no, you, like, you shouldn't, you should rest up, mm. Like there's loads more races. And then I just randomly got a reply saying, do it. Like, you don't have to, like, I don't know, something something really abrupt, like, do it, like, think think over the pain, like, you can do it, Get like, through push it. through it kind of thing. And I was like, Ooh, I don't like the sound of that, actually. <laughs> but they're the kind of people that probably would be like, yes, I'm going running, I'm going to do my time trial, I'm going to run really yeah, fast. Yeah, kind of like they need someone to, to shout with them. And maybe that's, the, maybe that's how you do turn your five-hour marathon into a three-and-a-half-hour Boston oh, qualified time. <laughs> well, I suppose like different people respond to different stuff, isn't it? Like I always know I never want to go near a military style boot camp mm. because I have no interest in someone shouting in my face. And actually, even if I really wanted to do the fitness exercises they were telling me, I still I just wouldn't because they were shouting at me. I'd be like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Because I kind of don't respond that well to that environment. I was about to say, or oh, doing it in the cold, in the rain, that doesn't appeal to me. But that's exactly what Nike Training Club used to be like. Yeah, that's because true. Because it would be NTC on one side of the park and military fitness on the other. <laughs> so everyone's doing pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. It's just one's Their techniques. very different yeah. approach to the other. 
Yeah, that's really true. I've never thought about the fact that NTZ is essentially a military fitness style scenario, but it's it's just about its approach. Mm. It makes people like me who don't, particularly in the early days when I wasn't really running and I didn't really feel like I could, definitely couldn't do a press up, definitely couldn't do a plank. I didn't feel embarrassed to be in a class. Mm. I didn't feel like I was picked out. So it is about finding what you what works for you. Yeah, the right level of... Yeah, the right level. Level and uh, attitude, I guess, of everyone that's with mm, you. Mm. On the attitude thing, um, Leah said, uh, mentioned something about people who just run casual marathons. <laughs> I'd like to just say, casual marathons need to stop being a thing. Similarly, it's all about your attitude. The culture of anything, like the culture of what people wear as fashion or what they eat or where they go. So much of it is driven by what other people are doing mm. and driven by a kind of peer pressure, like a subconscious taking of the culture around you. Like how recently you hear comments like, I know a lot more people doing an Ironman or are doing a, you know, pushing themselves to do an ultra. As soon as the cult, there's a culture shift, as, as one person starts to progress like that, it, others will always naturally follow and the bar is always being raised. And it's how you respond to that. Yeah, that yeah, that bar being racing is definitely happening because I was talking about a couple of people we know that didn't have very good marathons, and I was like, I just don't think they're very well suited to marathon running. Mm-hmm. But there's like no kudos in running a ten k, but doing like you could train as hard mm. for a ten k as you could a marathon, mm. but you'd just be training in a different way. But there's no kudos in taking like loads of time off your ten k time because everyone's like, yeah, six miles, so what? And it's so, that's just attitude. What you're feeling from the people around you. Because mm. it's definitely true, isn't it? That when you go out of the environment that, like, the people you hang out with and you talk about it at work or something, say, well, I, I ran, you know, I run to work. That's five miles. Mm. That's basically 10K on a, you know, a Tuesday morning. And people still find that impressive. And, yeah. I, you know, you don't, you just take it for granted. Yeah, your sense of uh, perspective goes out the window yeah. a little bit. I think when a lot of people are doing amazing things. And I think that's interesting listening to Leah because she ran a marathon a year ago and she's finding it hard to get back into running a year later. And she's she's feeling bad in herself because it's not what she was doing beforehand. But yet it's the achievement of the fact that she's just getting out and doing it yeah. that says so much. Like, you think, could have said, I'm never going to run again. I think that's why the cas- I find the casual marathon thing so dangerous because for someone like her or me that's done marathons in the past to then see people just like do a casual marathon yeah. just makes you feel really crap because you're like well I couldn't run a casual marathon I yeah. put loads of effort in and also if you're someone that's just starting out and then you see people doing that then you think oh like I'm finding this really hard why mm. yeah you just kind of makes let, light of a distance yeah yeah it makes light of it and then there's like no bridge between starting and getting to that point and there's mm. quite a big leap in between and I, I can't imagine that they can say at the end that that was casual but it must have hurt along the way and I think people sometimes people really forget how what they've come from too like Mm. it wasn't like every day of their lives they've been able to roll out of bed and run a marathon but I also think that relates back to our previous point about what makes someone able to do a BQ or something Mm. it is because of that it's confidence yeah the confidence and the being comfortable being uncomfortable Mm. thing and like not letting it get too much. Yeah, a real mind over matter mm. struggle. 
their familiarity with what hurts and being able to get past that hurt is is they're obviously much more trained at doing that mm. than other people and when you're learning to run you're able to because when you learn to run you you don't know this feeling you do literally feel like you're going to die like how many times do you think of when you start to run if it's really hard you're like i'm going to die like yeah i literally cannot go any further and then all of a sudden you've gone a bit further yeah do you know what I really miss about when you when you first start running is that like your the progress is really really quick mm. and you get and you do feel like amazing like I haven't died I ran twenty minutes and I didn't yeah. die yeah like now I have to I know that I can run twenty minutes and not die so when I do it I'm like oh it's not like an amazing achievement anymore and mm. I, I, I isn't it is the incredulous feeling mm. I remember just always feeling incredulous I'm wanting to tell everybody because I was like. It's taken me eight weeks and I've, I've done couch to 5k. Yeah. I can run 5k non-stop. Like, that was... I wish I have... I could hold on to that feeling maybe and get that every I, time I run. Maybe that's what also people that do lots of fast improvement times do. They just... They want that all the time. They want that feeling of, oh, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. Mm. Which I think is why they say that you... Um, it's addictive. There's the article that talks about that feeling mm. of why people do strive to do like an Ironman or an Ultra because you're striving to always find that next adrenaline rush essentially yeah. because it's the new feeling that you didn't feel before. But yeah, it gets more and more and more and more effort every time. I know the the commitment it's, it's high price commitment, and then probably the payoff is temporary because you keep going. You you might never find that race or that that kind of um, push of your body that that seals the deal. Yeah, you'll, you'll like forever what, be searching for that. At what point will you be like, okay, yeah, I've, this this is like the absolute peak of my the pinnacle. Yeah, but it's true because I say like, oh, I want to. It'd be a goal to get all of those the world majors. But what will truly happen after that? How? Like, I don't think I I actually feel like I'll be like, oh, I've 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 won. Yeah, I can stop, stop now because <laughs> that's not that's not what it's about for me. I suppose. Yeah, I think that's it. I've said before how if I could bottle that feeling you get at the end of a marathon, like, you'd be a millionaire, it's amazing. But it still, uh, for me, didn't feel good enough to make me think, yeah, I want to do that, like, five more times. <laughs> i got to keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, it must be a reaction that some people have to it that is so much better than what I've had in order to keep wanting to do it again and again and the I next thing. I don't know if it's about the, the feeling being different. I think it's more, like, the want of wanting the feeling again but that feeling of like maybe it's more like unfinished business mm. if you repeat that is it because you you're like I, could, I just you never feel like you've quite got it it's almost more like the other way like you've achieved you've had that feeling and sensed it and you felt completion whereas the people who will keep doing them yeah are perhaps like, still for me now. yeah yeah i was still kind of like I, I would say the different with like the way i feel is like i do want to do another one but mm. it's because i feel like i haven't nailed it mm. and keeps me running actually is that the 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 opportunity that I could get faster <laughs> kind of the thought of the unknown makes me keep trying mm. which is is interesting because I don't think that's the same motivation for everyone it can vary so much for different people mm. but also I know that it's not going to propel me to I don't think I'm going to be like I've nailed the marathon now I need to like triple that distance yes Maybe it's just because I feel like I know my own self. Like I know my my parameters. Yes. But my parameter is if it involves a wetsuit, it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
which is why I like. I, we are I, not going to become triathletes yeah, on this podcast. I can <laughs> probably ninety-five percent guarantee that I won't be running a marathon in the next year, but I can a hundred million percent guarantee that I'll never be doing a triathlon. <laughs> I, I struggle with the fact that I swim like an old lady. So, ah, <laughs> oh, well, I think we've we've rambled our way through that. Yeah, to make various points. Some of that is around club and how you find motivation to run and maybe a club helps you find your motivation but ultimately we're saying all the same thing always yeah it's like find your attitude find your thing and find your way like and there will be people who do who do do your thing maybe i need to find a club that is specifically designed to get slow marathoners up to boston qualifying time I love that you've just gone, I'm never doing a marathon again. But if I can get quick I, enough I, to run do Boston. Like how one, I said I'm never running a marathon again. Then I said I'm 95% sure. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't clock that. Yeah. And two, uh, no, that's three. Three, today when I was buying annual travel insurance, I checked whether international marathons were covered. <laughs> just in case. Oh. Running isn't just about marathons. No, it's not. And I don't see, I'm getting I'm getting swept in with we'll his, blame I blame London. And um, as per last year, if anyone sees me tweeting that I might be entering the ballot, stop me, for God's sake, stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I think so too. So next week you'll be in New York. Yeah, when when I'm back I will have been to New York, so yay. I'll have two more chins and... <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully a lot of very interesting food pictures. Yes. <laughs> Maybe take some of the view as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do some like activity fitness related yeah well obviously we'll be doing a lot of walking and mm. I really want to do at least one run and I've kind of been testing my foot a little bit so I'll try and do that again we're going to be avoiding spinning at all costs because that is now my the, the devil that's what I did. <laughs> and good. if anyone knows of any good exercise classes or mm. fun activities to do in New York that aren't spinning <laughs> <laughs> yoga where's yeah, the good should, yoga in New York find some good yoga <gasps> I really hoped it was going to be warm enough to do kind of like rooftopy stuff. Yeah. It's actually looking like it's going to rain the entire time. Yeah. So, but yay. Indoor yoga. Indoor yoga. (laughs) That sounds great. So, you can find us all over the internet. Yes. You look to me. (laughs) I will tell you. We are on oftrpodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah. And there you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, and that's OFTR Podcast. Yep. Maybe we'll start a Snapchat. Oh my god, Lissy's got Snapchat. We can't even go down this route. Okay, now. fine. Just follow me on Snapchat. I'm Lissy underscore Web. I'm getting really into it. I feel like I'm 15. You're so teen right now. I know. You're very, you're very relevant, which apparently is an important word to use in this day and age. I'm not sure a 28-year-old on Snapchat is relevant. I think that's actually tragic, but we'll go with relevant. <laughs> You're trying to be relevant. <laughs> if this if this works, then maybe we'll start on OFTR Snapchat. Sure, sure. I, I'm pretty sure that Harry's not down for that. I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stay tuned for that one. Might be, might be a long-term development. <laughs> Look out for Lissy's Snapchat, at least. But we'll see you soon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.